Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Style with Shara. I'm your host, wardrobe stylist Shara Green. And today, y'all, I'm so excited because I actually have the very first wardrobe stylist to be a guest on the show. Um, Usually I'm talking to designers and just interviewing them on their brands and how they started their lines and all that good stuff. But today is going to be a little bit different because me and my guest today actually have the role of a stylist in common, except she is actually a menswear stylist. And she also owns a unisex accessories and lifestyle brand as well. So this is going to be interesting um, because we can actually talk about both styling and designing. So Yes, let's get into it. Her name is Miss Bria Charlize, and she is a bomb Dallas-based wardrobe architect, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. So I know I just introduced you, Bria, but definitely give us a little bit of your background in your own words, and um, let us know what you do and how you got started in fashion. Yes, well, first I want to say, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Uh, Thank you for the (laughs) opportunity. I'm super excited as well. Yes. Um, but yeah. So I brand myself as a man's wardrobe architect. Um, I do style women as well. It's just sort of by request. But my niche and my my personal lane is menswear. Um, so I basically started. I found my niche and my passion in menswear. It was back in 2016 when I was working as a um, intern at Nordstrom, and I remember them putting me in the menswear department. And so at first, you know, like some of my luxury retail experience was in like handbags, um, beauty products, you know, like accessories yeah. and stuff like that. But when they had told me you're going to be in menswear, I'm like, um, I'm trying to make money. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make money because, you know, like it's commission based. So yeah, I'm going to make money if I don't know anything about menswear. Like in my head at that time, it just wasn't clicking. So I was oh just like, goodness. whatever, you know, you just got to do what you have to do, you know. Yeah figure it out and I just had to really change and shift my mindset and I remember like calling my mom and I was just like really like kind of aggravated a little bit because yeah it's like they asked me what's your top three departments you want to work in so I'm the type of person like why you ask if you're not gonna put me in those you know the yeah exactly <laughs> I was like shoes handbags and I was like I think I said like women's wear because I knew like I'm a woman I can make money because I know what right. we like you know Right. So my mom was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, I need you to get it together. I need you to shift your mindset." She was like, "Your degree for undergrad is in merchandising." She was like, "You have this luxury retail experience already," and she was like, "All you have to do is really just tap in and, you know, like just understand who your targeted audience is. Even if, even though it's not somebody that you're familiar with, which it was menswear," and she was like. The only difference from you working at Louis Vuitton and Michael Kors was the product assortment. She was like, just get in there, be a student of the game. You know, like my mama just really put me up on game. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Don't I can you do love this. love when mamas do that? Right. Like, <laughs> like she basically had to snatch me together by, by my shirt. Like, look, sis, I need you to get it together because right now you're doing a lot. So she basically, I was like, she really have a point because all I had to do was just use my degree, my knowledge, my experience. Yeah. And like we both had a group. The difference is Nordstrom just carried a more broader, you know, um, product assortment versus working at Louis Vuitton, Michael Kors, different stuff like that. Their product assortment was just strictly their brand. So all I had okay. to do was just get in there. I started asking questions. I started having the guys that worked in menswear with me. 
I'm like, hey, I need you to try this on because I need to know how it's going to fit. <laughs> when I work with women, I'm like, okay, I know how that brand fits. It's a little tight right. around the hips, you know, different stuff. I can communicate that with my client. But if I have a guy client, I can't say, yeah, I know how those 34, 36 feet, they're going to be like, hell, you is not no guy, you know? So yeah. I had to get yeah. in there and ask questions, um, have them try stuff on because I'm a visual like learner and I just, I don't know, it just resonates better visually. So long story short, I basically did that and it actually started working and I actually um, noticed what my competitive advantage was over my competitors, which were other guys in my department. I'm a woman. So what I do, mm-hmm. I start wearing my little Michael Kors dresses and the dresses mm-hmm. the athletes to wear Louis Vuitton. And I start wearing that with my heels. And guys are, majority of the time, guys are trying to appeal to the opposite sex anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you're pretty, keep yourself up. My personality was already there, which is what I use. You know, a little charisma to, yeah. to reel them in. Not too much now, you know, but <laughs> a little charisma to reel them in. And the rest was history. So, and back in 2019, I took my my leap of faith, which was super scary, <laughs> but I took my leap of faith back in 2019. I quit my job, and I was just like, I can do this full time, so l- let's just do it. So, I mean, it's more that I can unpack, but I know that answer was already, like, long and drawn out, but I just kind of want to a little bit. Okay. No, I definitely... I definitely wanted you to share some background because I feel like that's so important to hear that. I think people forget that a lot of stylists start out in retail. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think because once you get to a certain level or they see you with your first celebrity client or, you know, people don't know how you got in. Fashion is such a taboo thing. People don't really want to share how they got in the game. And a lot of us got in from working at our local malls. Like we learned people's everyday people's preferences, um, their body types. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you were just being a student of the store of the game and just watching um, what your peers were doing, getting familiar with the brand. That's all styling really is, you know, aside from the glamour and everything that people try to make it like, it's really just studying a per like, it's really psychology. Um, It's a science. I tell people that all the time. It's more so a science than an art. The art is that you're actually creating, you know, but like I tell, like even my mentees that want to go into styling and design, I was like, that's cool. You can pick out all these exquisite fabrics and you know how to color block and all of that. But if you do not understand the business side of this industry, you will have no longevity in the game and you will not be a a business. You will be a hobby. A hobby is something that you do for fun. You don't necessarily get paid for it. So you really have to, (laughs) you really have to understand the business. And that's something that I'm learning on a daily basis, especially having two parts of my business, the product side and the service side. So girl, that that's a whole nother conversation that gets tricky too. But I'm like, let me not get ahead of myself. (laughs) No, you're fine. Okay. So let's let's actually get into that because I wanted to ask you so first I'm gonna backtrack a little bit um because my mom just had to get me together the other day saying so like it's so good it's definitely good having that person in your corner that's like that can bring you back to reality because sometimes if if you don't have that it's so many opportunities you miss out on like you probably would have never gone into um being a menswear architect if you if you never took that job at North Shore, or if they never gave you that department and if your mother didn't make you stand on that like and, and learn in that environment so like for one I wanted to ask you like how was it when you decided to take that leap of faith and really be a full-time stylist like what 
Did you have the support that you expected? Like, what what did that look like for you? Okay, so <laughs> this my journey is like really crazy. Um, it was just something that I had to. Okay, so when I took that that full leap of entrepreneurship, nobody knew in my family because only reason I didn't want to tell people in my family and some even some of my friends, I didn't need any outside influences or distractions or people like, mm-hmm. girl, how you gonna do this? How you gonna do that? You sure? I mean, you already got a good job doing this. Like, I didn't need all of that. And I know, like, I have a great support system. But sometimes that vision is between you and God. Like, it's, it, uh, and I'm a spiritual person. So I'm going to refer to God on this podcast just to let y'all Girl, know. Girl, so am I. Episode. You good. So I'm like, because <laughs> I can't take all the credit. I'm, I'm nothing without him, you know? You good. So, you can speak freely about it. Yeah. <laughs> speak on it. Yeah. So, Basically, I didn't tell anybody because it wasn't me trying to be sneaky or just hiding stuff. Like I said, it, it was something that that I, I didn't need any outside influences because it's like when, when something is new and you have to get uncomfortable, that was uncomfortable for me because I didn't have a, a check coming in every two weeks. It wasn't no commission. It wasn't that salary, that that comfort that you're used to. You know, when you work for somebody, you don't have to do nothing on the clock if you don't really want to. You know, as long as you do a little something, mm-hmm. something you know, that check going to come in every two weeks or every month depending on how you mm-hmm. get paid with your job. But with full-time entrepreneurship, I had to really, really, really get clear on like, what was I about to do? I just remember literally the end of the day, I literally was in my car and I was praying and I was like, God, I really don't know what I'm doing, but I feel as though like you're telling me to take that leap, you know? And at that mm-hmm. time, I really I really couldn't discern if, if I was hearing God's voice or if I was just doing what I really wanted to do. And looking mm. back at it, I think it was a combination of both. And the reason I say that was I felt like God was telling me to take a leap of faith. But during the process these last two years, I kind of feel like I was operating. I made things way more harder than working more smarter. That makes sense. So basically I was working harder and I wasn't working smarter in my own way. I was doing too much hustling. Versus I wasn't doing enough aligning. And now that I'm more so getting in that alignment, opportunities and stuff is just flowing more naturally. I'm not having to overwork myself to get what's needed, you know? And I just kind of feel as though I remember too, like sitting in my car, I prayed. I literally, I went home and I was just like, I need to create some type of like encouragement to get me through every day. Because I'm like, what are you supposed to do the next day when you wake up? It's like you're used to going to work, but like, what am I supposed to do? Okay, I <laughs> emails. I didn't really have no clients lined up. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? So I just kept like, re-word. and that's that's ways how you know God can speak to you. He may speak to you in ways in your dreams. He may speak to you in ways of like other people. Of course, those people have to be of wise counsel, you know, in reading a word, even if, if even if it's just a devotional or a certain song may come on, or I don't know, like I always just ask God, speak to me in ways that I, I can clearly understand your voice because he speaks to people in different ways. So mm-hmm. I remember I created a gratitude while like, I don't know if you go, like you can actually go look at my story from uh, last night. And if you notice, I have sticky mm-hmm. notes on my wall and people always ask me like, why you got some sticky notes on your wall? And one side of the sticky notes on one side of my wall in my room was a, a wall of gratitude. So I knew this challenge was going to wow. be challenging, but every morning I wake up and I tell myself, what is, what am I grateful for? You don't even have to be, I'm grateful for, 
you know, something elaborate. I'm just grateful. I got some orange shoes. I got juice in my refrigerator. You know, I'm grateful. I got some shoes on my feet. It was like little things like that because sometimes we think of other things, but people, some people right now, they are outside in the cold. They don't even have a blanket. And in my house, I have Mm -hmm. multiple blankets. You know, I had to really get clear on being grateful and being thankful for what I had. It may not have been always what I what I wanted, but God always made sure I had mm-hmm. what I needed. The second half of my wall was a um, a faith wall. So during these two years, it's been super hard. Like I've messed up my credit, um, but my credit is like where I needed to be. Like I was just yeah. I was doing stuff like that wasn't really smart. Like pay these bills or <laughs> invest into your business like sis or bruh right this pay the bills you know like my big bills was like set but I'm like student loans and eh, I'll wait you know but it's just like <laughs> once a month or hitting my account I'm like oh whoa you know like I need to really get my priorities in check and even if I had to get a part-time job I was like you might need to put your pride and ego to the side you know I wouldn't suggest nobody yeah. doing it. Like my credit is back, it's been good. I didn't let it get like too bad. But points did start dropping because when them student loans hit your account, they can drop it mm. a, a, a good amount, you know. So I wouldn't require yeah. anybody to do that. But I'm just being transparent. Yeah, um, definitely be transparent. I love what you're saying about um how you weren't sure at first what god how you weren't sure at first if it was god or what you were speaking because sometimes i've struggled with that as well and i feel like um you feel so confident in your decision when you first make certain decisions and then as it plays out and you start to face challenge after challenge and bill after bill you that's when you start questioning like was it me was it him and i've i've actually experienced that same thing i feel like god has actually um grounded me with gratitude as well Mm -hmm. like literally I remember the beginning of 2020 um I just was not I'm not the type of person who likes to celebrate when I feel like I got stuff to do I feel like I gotta get my my ducks in a row so it was like New Year's Eve and my like co-workers and friends were asking me like oh you don't want to do this you know I wanted to sit in my bed and meditate because I knew I wasn't really happy with where I was mm-hmm. the beginning of 2020 the company I was just talking about this on my last episode the company that I was keeping I was unsure of the people mm-hmm. that were in my life and I felt like I don't need to party tonight I need to sit here and get grounded and meditate and hear from him and I kept hearing the word gratitude. I kept hearing two words, gratitude and expectation. And when I tell you literally, those are the two things that's been testing me the most. Um, my ability to stay grateful and my ability to check my expectations of myself and people. Mm-hmm. And for the since even the beginning of 2020, like, so when you say like you, you count the small things like, oh, well, at least I have this. At least I have a pillow to lay girl like sometimes like people think because you're in a a fashion um based business and they see clothes and they see designers and they see you know all these expensive looking things and all that kind of stuff they think that that's what it's about but pursuing this will really um I was I was also talking about this in another interview um that's coming out I was talking about how like pursuing fashion people think it's about your appearance but 
you'd be surprised how much personal development and discipline you need mm-hmm. because it's so tempting. You're around these people who even, and people think sometimes because you're addressing these people that you're living, you know, on a certain level, right. but you're dressing them. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, it's not, it's not all glamorous and you, out, and you have to go um, back. I don't remember what creative was talking about how she would go on tour with like Britney Spears and like the best of them, like in their prime and then come home to like her one bedroom apartment and like really be getting it out the mud and trying to figure out how she's going to pay this next bill. And she was just in the first class, like, you know, like, and those are the type of things that like, if you don't have a spiritual foundation, if you don't have like any type of discipline and if you don't have any type of personal development, it will break you. Like, So I definitely like everything that you're saying, like I totally agree with and don't feel like you have to censor your relationship with God. If that's what's been driving you, that's what's okay. been driving you. I asked you what start, how'd you get started? If he called you into it that way, that's how he called right. you into it. Yes. Yeah, so I was just about to say from a financial perspective, like what I said, like just making those like not so smart decisions, like with the whole credit and like the, not paying like the student loans, you know, it's like, girl, but set up something with them, you know, like to yeah. see if you can get it deferred. You know, it's just like, yeah. you know, like learning from a space like that. Because I'm like, oh, I'm not about to pay those student loans right now. I'm about to use that money to, you know, invest into my business. But you live and you learn. Like experience is your best teacher. Even yeah. like, I felt as though like going into this season of full-time entrepreneurship, you, I had to really downgrade my life. Like something that I was so sad about was getting rid of my eyelash extensions. And I <laughs> I used to have my eyelash extensions back in like 2013 before it was even like popular. Oh, for real? Yes. Like I feel as though I've always been ahead of, of my time, you know, and I used to get like fuchsia at the tips of them and like blue, like this was in college and undergrad. And so I'm just Girl, like, dang. I that's really the one wanted- reason I didn't get them yet because I'm afraid I'm going to get addicted and then have to keep up with the bad habit. Like, keep up with it. You know, it's another bill. <laughs> right. So that's what I have to do. I have to really downgrade all that shopping, that eating out. Like, uh-uh. You got to get mm-hmm. really clear on your budget. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're trying to do. Because if you keep spending on your wants, you're going to neglect your needs and the investments you could be making that could potentially, you know, help you in your future. Yeah, so from a finan- financial standpoint, I had to get that together. Um, and you know, like I'm back on track now. I didn't let let myself get too much in the hole. You know, it was just like once I saw them points drop and I started my start seeing my account getting lower and lower. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is a no for me because I still have to live. I still have to provide for myself. You know, it's yeah, like I had to get my priorities in and check. And even just like, I just want to mention this just a little bit. The financial part is super hard, but money, you know, money comes and goes. If you mm-hmm. really know how to work, you really know how to hustle and just really, you know, like put yourself out there in a good way. And the money is going to come naturally. You don't have to chase the money. It's going to come if you're in that alignment. But yes, that's one right. of the hardest things that was for me was the relationship side of being a full-time entrepreneur, going into entrepreneurship in general from 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 a romantic perspective and also from a friendship and family, I just could not understand. I knew like the elders, for example, they just always say, you got a real job yet? What are you doing? It's, this is not a real job. You left a salary job, a commission-based job. Why you leave Louis Vuitton? Why? I just kept hearing all of this. Oh, and wow. I was like, that's why I didn't want you to. You didn't tell. Because Girl. it's just like, 
it's different when it's like somebody you don't know. You like whatever, you know. Yeah, but when it's but your it family. Hurts. Yeah, when it's Girl. like a, a loved one, you know, like a romantic relationship, and they just don't see the vision. Mm-mm-mm. That I feel as though that hurt more than anything else because it's just like, how do you really say you love me, you really care about me, but you don't see the vision? And the more I kept reading word and just really trying to get more spiritually aligned and I'm still in the process of doing that I don't have all the answers I'm just doing what what has worked best for me so in the midst of all of that you know I'm just like I don't understand you know but now looking back at it I needed to go through all that so I can be in the position that I am now like sometimes those people that you really love and you've been knowing since second grade that that might not be the people that you need to take into this Mm. with you You talk about it they may not be aligned or how you're trying to get aligned. Like, I just had to tell a, a friend that I've been on for a long time. I'm like, look, I like to turn up. I like to have fun. But I just have other priorities. Like, that type of stuff is not even really fun to me anymore. You know, it's like maybe because I did it so oh early. I was just talking about <laughs> that on my last episode. Like, I was talking about how, like, you have that friend where it's like, we go out for drinks and that's all y'all have ever done. And then you have a week where you like, hey, I, I want to get your idea on this. You know, this is something I'm trying to implement in my business. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, they don't have much to say. It's one or two words. and mm-hmm. But they can go in a full detailed report on everybody else's business. Like, yes. and like, those are the type of people. And it's so hard sometimes because those are the people that's been in your corner. And they've been Thanks. great in other aspects of your life. But they're just not meant to... Um, to come along with you in this next this next chapter and then also what I realized too is like even when you said when you just talked about how like elderly girl I had to get I had to respectfully get um my grandmother she's not from the United States and my father he's actually was like one of the first people in our in on that side of my family to graduate from college and to Mm -hmm. get you know a job a good job and things like that so she was taught that that's the only way to success or she not taught, but she taught her son that. And that's what she envisioned for me. And when she knew that I wanted to, according to her, play dress up for a living, like caused such a a big shift in our relationship. And it can be hurtful, but I had to realize too, that's people's relationship with fear is not their relationship with you. Like it has nothing to do with you. (laughs) So. But I definitely relate when you when you say how that can like because other people you could brush it off like you don't know me you don't know my situation but people who've been telling you the same mm-hmm. people that's been telling you when you were a kid that you could do anything telling exactly. you but not that don't do that <laughs> so you know, yeah it's it's exactly it's like but you also have to understand they're in a different like generation and era than we were you know they were taught mm-hmm. to you get this job you work you different stuff like that I'm like um I've always been advanced for my age that's just I don't know that's just all over me I'm like why make 50k a year it's nothing wrong with it but I'm thinking for me Bree Charlize Whitaker why make 50k a year when I can just make 50k a month like it's possible mm-hmm. it's people yeah. are doing that yeah and everybody has a dream everybody has a million dollar ideas in their head but what differentiates everybody from certain people this like 10 15 percent is the actual executing you know it's like you have mm-hmm. to really do it and this this last thing because I know we have like other stuff we probably got to talk about but <laughs> um what I had to do was just either I cut people off who just didn't see the vision and I just kind of felt as though you know we was outgrowing it's it's okay to outgrow people that's one thing mm-hmm. I had I used to feel bad for outgrowing certain friendships or 
maybe a guy I was dealing with, you know, if you just don't see the vision, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. it, it it ain't no beef, you know, we, we still cool, you know, we could be cordial, different stuff like that. You just, you know, you don't fit where I'm trying to go. And and that's okay. Everybody is not going to fit, fit that. You know, even family, what I had to do was some of my friends I've been, I've been knowing for a long time, I just love them from a distance. Or I just have my certain friends where I know I only talk to you about this. You the turn up friend. You the friend. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to handle your friends mm-hmm. differently because every friend, now that we're getting older, I value friendships way more. Like, you know, back back then you have a lot of friends, but now I'm good on just my few friends or my the people that I can call whenever it's time for that certain thing. Like I said, the turn up friend. I have friends that will literally we get in get in a prayer and we pray, you know, and another thing too, just ending it off that people that's listening and even something that you can do, because I even do this myself. And this is just a mm-hmm. suggestion. When I go to prayer, I ask God, I'm very strategic about what I ask him. I'm not saying no deep prayer. It's, I'm straight to the point because God knows. Yeah. I'm straight to the point. I'm like, look, God, I'm, I'm really praying for more fruitful relationships. Like I use the words like that. I want more abundant. Yes. How, how do I get there? You know, it's like, order my steps, direct my steps and put me in a position or put me around people that's like-minded and that's actively seeking you, you know, or like I said, like I always use fruitful because fruitful is a very distinctive word to me. Like fruitful means that person is pouring into you just like you're pouring to them. They can help you, you know, yes. in different ways, you know? So I'm very clear about the words that I pray. I don't say, God, send me good friends. You can be a good friend, <laughs> But that don't mean that you're going to impact or influence me to do what I need to do, you know? But I'll start right no, there. I, I'm like, no. girl, she's talking too much. Girl, that's what I brought you on here. So I don't got to talk the whole time. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, they like, girl, she's talking. Our ear off. No, plan. But it's the gems, though. So, like, there's so many gems in everything that you were just, that we were just talking about. So, like, again, a hundred percent. I can't like we on the same page with everything mm-hmm. you just said. Like literally what you're saying, I'm literally coming out of that season. I felt so weird this uh past couple of months because mm-hmm. I found myself having to audit people that like probably felt like, why now? You know, like right. we've been cool. <laughs> like, why are you tripping now? And it's just like something in my spirit was just telling me like, you don't have room to grow. Mm-hmm. How are you trying to grow? Like you like just feeling like, like, even if you wanted to, you couldn't really be who you really are trying to be around the people that, that you still call your friend. And it's a mm-hmm. weird, it's sometimes it's weird to be in a place like I was talking about again on my last episode about how you don't know what to call some people. Like they just hear, like you don't know right. if they really a friend, if they really a supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hundred percent agree and understand. And I'm famous for loving from a distance. A lot of people know it's, it's, it's a privilege at this point. So right. for to no, love back. me up close. Right. It's a <laughs> I, that's why I said in 2021, like, a lot of access is being cut off. Like, I don't want a lot of people so accessible to me. Like, that's what makes that. I feel as though that makes you more exclusive. You know, like everybody can't have access to you. You can see me on social media. I'm still yeah. speak to you. I'm not. I'm the type of person. I'm not gonna ever act Hollywood with anybody. Now, if you know we don't like rock with each other like that, I'm not gonna be fake. <laughs> I mean, I'll be cordial. You know, I'll be cordial, or I'll still help whenever I can. But I'm not going to 
never I just don't see myself being Hollywood like I'm always gonna be like what they call me my close friends call me they call me Lil Bria I'm always be <laughs> that's, so like, cute. That's, that's gonna be me because I mean they call me Lil Bria because I'm short I'm five three but well petite let me say petite that's a better word um so yeah okay I'm sorry I'm I'm done with this I'm like we can move to the no, next question because I know I know we probably got other questions we need to answer so but no, I'm gonna get it off not- my chest Girl, you good. Girl, it's so funny that you said the word petite because literally I was looking at you. Like when I first saw your profile, I was like, okay, she's a black woman, but she's a black petite woman. So she's mm-hmm. part of my tribe. Um, because, and I'm, I'm saying this because it's, it's something about young black women who are doing their thing, you know, in whatever their respective fields are. And they're like under five five. It's like it's a thing. Like it's a. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it's a um, it's a connotation or like a stereotype. Like we kids or something. Like so, I wanted right. to talk to you because I was actually looking forward to talking to you about this specific thing because I feel like. You know, both of us being stylists, we can relate to certain struggles that, you know, other people within fashion might not necessarily have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, But particularly being undervalued and disrespected and overlooked, um, of course, for styling, because people feel like, you know, what does a stylist even do? Why are they even necessary? And, you know, all that low vibrational stuff um, that we have to (laughs) endure to get the job done. Um, but I'm curious, what would you say is like the most frustrating thing about being a young black woman stylist who is short? Because sometimes we have to walk into these big studios or these on these sets and it's a lot of different moving parts. And, you know, stylists, we we often play the creative director role alongside photographers and things like that. And people either don't like taking direction from us or they sometimes are caught off guard at our ability to um, stand up for ourselves and speak up about um, our vision and how clear our vision is and not being afraid to voice that. So what do you think about that? What's your experience in that? And like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, so I think that's um, really a good question, a great question. I would say really my frustrations isn't really about like my size as far as like being petite. But I think it's more so my age. And I got you. I said a lot. Um, I'm not 30 yet. Like, I'm 26. And I feel as though I'm, you know, I don't have that much skin in the game because. Yeah. No, I don't want to. Let me. I know what you're saying. You haven't been here as long as you just don't have as much time on earth yet. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what you're doing. Exactly. So it's like when I, when I meet people that's been in the game, maybe twice as old as that twice as old as we are and I'm in that authoritative role you know I'm in that role of authority and you know sometimes I feel as though it's hard for people to take not what's the word I guess um direction or whatever it may be from someone that's younger than them and Mm -hmm. some of the most common misconceptions you know they're like what do you they like you a baby you know like my Mm -hmm. I got grandkids your age and I'm just Mm -hmm. like okay but I still need you to go pull (laughs) You know, it's like, forget whatever you're talking about. Yeah, that's cute or whatever. But I still need you to do what I asked you to do. Like, I'm a kind and I'm a very cool and I'm a very down to earth person. But when it comes to business, 
I, I, I do my, I handle my business accordingly. You know, I'm still building my reputation. I'm still building myself. I'm still figuring out my, my identity as a person, you know, on this earth and as a woman and as a, yeah, uh, uh, um, a budding entrepreneur, you know, it's just like, I, I'm only 26, you know, so I'm still trying to figure my own way. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, just everyday life stuff, you know, so and part of that still running, you know, a building a successful business already. And I know it's only going to grow from here. But at the same time, I feel as though that can be sort of challenging. And working in menswear, um, what I've run across a lot too is, you know, with me, I guess I can tie this into my size too. They see me and I go to like different events and they just like, okay, um, what company are you here for? Are you the assistant or are you the intern? I'm like, no, I am the actual <laughs> owner of xyz whatever i'm there for you know so it's yeah. just like you know they're looking at me like wow how old are you you know they're like you look like you just graduated high school or something i'm just like hmm, okay thank you you know because i used to be offended by that but now i i take that as a compliment because that means whenever i get older girl i'm gonna look, look 20 so <laughs> when i get 40 they don't think i'm like 28 or something so i'm good you know as long as i keep working out and do what i need to yep. do you know stay fit don't let myself go but no, it's just I, like I, oh, I no, definitely um, not to cut you off but I definitely relate to well height is a big thing for me I don't know what it is but like people stay trying to sun me but also mm-hmm. age too um, definitely age I feel like sometimes it can be disheartening though because sometimes you are put in a position where you're, you're you call yourself trying to help someone regardless of age and um, you know, directing them or guiding them in a certain role and they just happen to be older than you. And, you know, they take that opportunity to just try to like downplay you. And then, right. like you said, in those situations where you, you, I, I have been in situations where I'll go somewhere and you just overlooked, you know, and people, <laughs> and then if they find out what you're there for, now they want to talk to you. Oh, you style, I got a photo shoot coming up soon. Oh, you, da-da-da. like, and it's like, you've seen me here, like you didn't acknowledge my presence because you didn't see me as, you know, a threat or someone to be reckoned with based off of how I look, whether you're judging me based off of my skin tone, my height, mm-hmm. um, how young or old I look or whatever the case may be. Um, and people really, it's funny because people, they tend to, you don't know, I try not to judge because you you never know who is sent to bless you. Like, right. someone can look like, someone who's not important but sometimes the most powerful people they don't always dress the part that's just the reality like so and they do that on purpose to see what people's real authentic um behavior is on the job so you could be overlooking somebody or disrespecting somebody or um you know trying to play somebody but somebody is there watching who could put you in position um and that could be the same person that you're disrespecting or overlooking um So, yeah, I 100% feel you on that. Like, and I definitely, um, especially menswear, I I wonder, because I, right now, I style women, and people have been asking me to style men. Men's fashion, I used to say it bores me, but on top of that, I'll be honest, I'm just not as naturally good at it as I am with women. I think that's just because my background, and it came from, like, I literally would help my mom get dressed for work 
And that's how I kind of like fell in love with it. So, you know, I'm used to catering to a woman's style, but I do have some questions for you about menswear because um, I've actually been told from a few stylists that men actually are less quote unquote problematic when it comes to um, like, so you know how like, you have to have a certain level of confidence as a stylist because in order for people to trust you, like Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than a client who doesn't trust your vision. Like styling is supposed to be like a collaborative effort and like a compromise and a balance between like your taste and your client's taste. Mm -hmm. But um, it could be so frustrating just watching, like, I don't know for me, like watching a look that you know has potential to be like fire, but it's like that one kitten heel that my mm-hmm. client just insists on putting on or that one same pair of comfortable shoes that they don't want to break out of. And it's just like, you know what the whole look could be, but you watching it suffer because your client isn't trusting of your knowledge and your vision. So like, do you experience that a lot with men? Um, Because I know you have experience styling both, but now with your niche being uh, men, do you experience that as much or is it less of a problem? Like, do they, I know you said when you were working at Nordstrom, they were more, more likely to take your advice and that was like a learning curve for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But now as you being a working full-time like stylist, what, what does that look like for you? Like, are they easy to persuade? Like, do they usually go along with your vision or is it harder to convince them? Um, I think it just depends on the person. Um, I feel as though if you present yourself in a confident manner and you like, look, I, I feel like everything is just marketing, to be honest. And I honestly think like me personally, I have to know how to turn certain things off. So when when you digest it, like it's going back to the, the psychology of it, women are more emotional based. So with, when I think mm. about that is, Women, when, when we go shopping, we're doing everything based on emotions. Like, how do we look in this? Does, does my, you know, does my butt look okay? You know, like, how do how does this sit right here? You know, like, yes. you know, when, on the other hand, when it comes to men, men are very radical. They're very, I mean, not radical. They're, they're very rational. and They're mm-hmm. very logical. So it, it just basically has to make sense. Like, if he, if he knows he needs dress shirts, why does he need a dress shirt? Okay, well, you know you need a dress shirt because you need it for work. Second thing is, how much does it cost? You know, it's like simple question, straight to the point. Another thing, men do not like to shop at all. <laughs> they like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said this look good. Just give me all three of these and let's go check out. You know, men don't like to do all that. Now, some men do, but majority men that I work with, mm-hmm. that, it's like pulling teeth sometimes. I'm like, look, <laughs> I told you to car about two hours at your schedule for this upcoming Tuesday. We have to go shopping. Like, I have to see how certain things going to look. Yeah. You know, I need to make sure I get your measurements. It's just all that type of stuff. So um, I think my biggest challenge with working with men, I think it depends on the person, but older men, because sometimes older men and not all, but I'm speaking for the ones that I've worked with. Some mm-hmm. of them are kind of stuck in their ways when it comes to like mm-hmm. how they like to dress. So it's <laughs> like with me being younger and me, you know, they like, I don't want to be wearing them tight pants, man. I'm like, man, look, Mr. Jefferson, I'm not about to put you on no tight pants. I'm not even about to do the game like that. You know, I'll be having to talk to them like that. I'm like, now, why would I put you in these tight pants? But I'm like, look, you ain't wearing no no slacks with no pleats, okay? That was, that's, that was 1998, okay? We're going to leave them where they at. So all of this got to go. We're going to get some 
you know, some ones that has a flat pocket in the front, you know, and what I've noticed too with my clients, I may know the terminology of, you know, like certain things, but they, they don't. So sometimes you may have to, I don't say this in a, a funny way, but you may have to dumb it down a little bit. That's just like me, for example, when I have my accounting meetings, all this accounting terminology, I'm like, what does that mean? And I'm asking <laughs> questions. I'm like, what do you mean by that? You know, like mm-hmm. it's just foreign language to me. And so they have to dumb it down, you know? That's probably yeah. not a good word to say, but it, it is what it is, you know. Like, like layman's terms, like yeah, you know, make it simpler. Yeah. Make it simpler. Yeah. So I try to I try to provide an experience for my clients, like I'm educating you, um, but still elevating your confidence. You know, it's it's multiple layers of it. It's a journey I take with my clients. So I think that's what they understand. And the main goal is setting them up so they that that way they can shop independently. Because I don't always be able to shop with you. And I do realize every client's not going to be a client forever. You know, so yes. I do want to make sure I leave some type of influence or impact. And they like, okay, well, I remember Bria told me to do this. Even if it's big, I can always take away on my pants or my suit or different stuff like that. You know, I'm teaching them that as we shop. So that way, if I'm not there or they decide to move on or they move out of state, I don't know. They just know how to, you know, get things done. If that makes sense. Yes. No, I I 100% agree with you. When you say like an experience, I feel the exact same way. Like I feel like one of my clients from like two years ago, she told me like, girl, I still use the same guide that you bought me. I mean, that you um sold to me years ago. Um, I created like for my clients, I create like a, um, a personalized like ebook that has things that work for their specific body type Mm -hmm. and um, colors that look good on them and things like that. And she was like, you taught me everything I know, like, and like, that means so much as a stylist, especially with us being like, so undervalued and like overlooked in the industry, like, to be able to create that type of experience for somebody where you said like, you set them up to be able to do it on their own and that creates so much confidence and so much um, value for them in the long run um, and I think that's also such a you have to be very confident in order to go through that process with so many different types of people because people are like they will reach out to you and you know constantly badger you or why do you charge xyz and you know I can do this on my own and it's just like okay, but apparently you saw something over here that I'm doing that you like that made you want to align with that. Something about what I'm doing, you want to align with your image. So apparently I'm doing something right. So I feel like um, having that trust type of relationship with your clients is like such a, it's a challenge, but it's, it's also like, it doesn't happen with, it's like relationships. Like sometimes you just have that chemistry with certain clients, mm-hmm. like, and y'all just get each other's vision. And then sometimes you like, look, I'm going to get this done. What I said I was going to do <laughs> was in this contract. I'm going to fulfill my agreement and that's going to be what it's going to be. Right. Um, but yeah, like I definitely agree that it's, it's so important, especially when it's so many people trying to be or being I won't say trying to be because you could be whatever you want to be um but being stylist these days and calling themselves stylist and with social media we could be anything um which is a great thing don't get me wrong but because there's so many you really do have to think outside of the box mm-hmm. um to create like a unique experience for your client and I definitely think um that's something that 
just has to be kind of learned over time, like through trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also need to backtrack to what you were saying because the psychology of fashion is such an important piece as well, like what you were talking about as far as the differences between men and women. So what is something that you feel like men and women can learn from each other when it comes to getting dressed and like honing in on that signature style? Like what's one thing men could teach women and what's one thing that women could teach men? Oh, that is really a great question. Like nobody has ever asked me that. Um, <laughs> hmm, let me put on my thinking cap real quick. Something that <laughs> men can teach women, women can teach men. Um, Take your time. Right. I would definitely have to say, I guess just working with my clients and not even just my personal clients, but even in like the editorial lane or runway, I would just say like, sometimes it's the confidence for me, you know, and what I've noticed with some of my clients, like they come to me because they lack confidence. And I kind of feel as though that could be more so like an internal thing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just growing up, but I kind of feel as though it's deeper than, I don't even want to make it really about like social media or different stuff like that. But I kind of feel like sometimes men can put pressure on a woman when it comes to like how she looks, her, her skin tone, her her body type, different stuff like that, especially with our generation, like they glorify. And this is the wrong with plastic surgery. You do whatever you want to do. That's your money, you know, or you, mm-hmm. you get it how you get it, you know. But I kind of feel like if you notice, even from a physique, like a body perspective, like I kind of feel like if we didn't have so much pressure as women to look like this or to have that Barbie doll looking built or stuff like that, I feel like people confident, people will be more confident in how they were built and how they look and I think the same with with men too like what I've noticed like even listen to my men clients because I listen to my men clients um just like I listen to my women and I feel like sometimes people can neglect men's emotions and their emotions and feelings matter just like us women you know and I feel like sometimes men especially like my my shorter men you know or like my tall guys who are very like skinny and slim you know, it's just like they they'll tell me they'll be like, Man, I had this chick, you know, she had to talk about, Well, you not tall enough or you too tall or you don't really have no muscles or you know, it's kinda like I kinda feel like the outside influences, you know, can trigger one another. I, I'm I'm trying to see if I'm like explaining it right. So I kind of no, like, I I literally I I know what you mean because like you we see it everywhere like you know yeah I've been outside say, of fashion but but working so closely with people in fashion you do tend to see that like people don't realize we're kind of like people's therapists low key <laughs> yeah and even like even from a from a runway I just seen plenty of times where it's just like models are trying this on then like the male models you know they like laughing and joking like why she got that on like they should have gave it to the other model you know it's like I kind of feel as though like sometimes it can just be the confidence um as far as as far as apparel um I think it just depends on like that guy or that woman of course like I feel as though women we have an eye for finding something great on on a on a guy I know I do not every woman has that touch but we know when stuff look right and when stuff don't look right you know and same, yeah. same with men like they have that too like it's just like eh, is that dress because men is very straightforward they're like is that dress supposed to fit like that you know so <laughs> maybe like from a fit perspective or 
Um, I would definitely have to come back to that question, but I would definitely say from a more internal, more deeper side, confidence. So that was a great answer. Like, I definitely agree. I think we, I think all genders can be kind of hard on each other when mm-hmm. it comes to, you, you know, um, just appearance and just welcoming each other and making each other feel good. So like, I can only imagine like for actually having to hear that from men like because I don't really you know I work with women so I I hear all the complaints that women have about their bodies and stuff like that but it must be interesting you know to get that inside scoop of how men really think um because like I said like helping someone get dressed is a very like close and intimate experience so you definitely get to see insecurities about them that you definitely wouldn't see um but yeah so I want to switch gears a little bit, um, last but not least, and just close out with this because I was doing my research on you before I'm having you on the show. And I did also see that you're really big on giving back. So definitely fill us in a little bit on like what exact organizations you've been involved in and like what ways have you decided to give back? Yeah, so from a fashion perspective, um, I just love like giving back, just helping like mentees. Um, you know, a lot of people, they're inspired by entrepreneurship now entrepreneurship is not for everybody so I made that plain and clear just like having mentees and I'm actually working on some things um upcoming for like people that's upcoming in the fashion industry just creatives in general and just people that's currently in the game that can just use like not really just inspiration but actual like the application part I think a lot of people can inspire you but a sometimes people struggle with the application like applying all the knowledge that they have and just executing it to whatever they're trying to do so that's more so from a fashion you know entrepreneur standpoint but my biggest passion is um my nonprofit, which is in honor of my dad who was a dallas firefighter and a paramedic who was killed to um gun violence back in 2008 oh my goodness so back in 2019 i started um, a nonprofit in honor of him called the Charles E. Whitaker Jr. Foundation. And that basically promotes gun violence awareness in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex and also youth mentorship. So prior to COVID, I would go in some of the Dallas ISD like schools, like high schools, and just sort of like be that funnel between like all that missing gap of like mentoring, but also, you know, just helping them with just those life skills like a lot of these kids they just need somebody to talk to they just need somebody to listen to them just those you know those life skills that you are not taught in school some of them are not taught in general you know so getting away from algebra and all that stuff but really showing Mm -hmm. you like how do you tie a tie how do you go on interviewing skills how do you build your resume how do you start a business you know how do you get enrolled into school or maybe you want to do a trade because college is not for you you know it's like really kind of figuring out what they want to do moving forward and just really just letting them know like hey it is people out here that care about you and we want to see you succeed but it has to start with you first and really having that accountability because like I tell my mentees and I tell like the youth that I work with I'm gonna give you the ingredients to bake the cake it's up to you whether if you're gonna bake it yes now, you can bake whatever cake you want to do. If you want to do German chocolate, chocolate on chocolate, I don't <laughs> care what you do, but I'm giving you the basic ingredients to bake that cake. Now, whatever you do with the resources, that's on you, but you can never say, I didn't try to help you. You know, of course, a lot of people can be inspired, but you really see who does the work when they actually 
get in those trenches because entrepreneurship for sure you got to get in the trench you got to scrape yes. your, your knees and your elbows a little bit you're gonna cry a lot of nights and a lot of days and you're yes. frustrated you may even get some bruises you may be bleeding sometimes <laughs> I don't know I don't know what you got going on but those are that's a part of your testimony you know so just allowing them to have a place to be themselves but still provide them resources and just pour into them like these kids need people to pour into them and allowing them to feel however they're feeling and process their emotions that's something that I learn when I go to therapy because I go to therapy mental health is very important to me especially the entrepreneur standpoint and everything that's going on in this climate in general like sometimes you just need to depress you know you just need to Take a break from all this. When you get on social media, sometimes you got to take a break from the digital world. You get overloaded or you want to take all these courses and stuff like that. You're just overloaded by all this yes. information. I love, you know? like, I love, I love that. I, I like that because um, even, like, with you going into the charities and the organizations, I like that because you're setting the tone for young entrepreneurs who maybe feel like they have to be billionaires. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I know they call you billionaire Bree. Um, so I know that's coming, but <laughs> I feel like sometimes we only really see people who have reached a certain pinnacle to pu- publicly start to align themselves with um, charities and things that help others outside of themselves. But you set the tone for, you know, no, do it now, do it while you're do it now, do it while you're young and you're still growing um, and you don't have to wait until retirement or until you put everybody on before you start to look into ways that you can help communities, help the youth and the less fortunate, all that. Um, And I think it's so important to have like a personal tie to your cause. I think that's beautiful. I love that um, as someone who has struggled with anxiety, just like all about all my life, um, journaling and journaling and meditation has been a saving grace for me and mental health is really important to me as well. Um, so I definitely want to in the future, like find a way that I can tie what I do with fashion into like maybe teaching young people about healthy ways to um, tend to their mental health, whether it be through meditating every morning before school or, you know, or writing or whatever it may be, just because I know how much it's helped me as an adult. So I can imagine imagine if I was younger and if I made that a habit like how much more trained my mind would be um so I'm definitely looking forward to doing some self-reflection too and just figuring out what way specifically I can give back in some way in a way that's personal to me and my journey just like what you've done um so yeah thank you so much girl for all the gems you have dropped (laughs) yes this was fun um I love that you talk because sometimes people like you know if and I love that you've had experience, you know, on podcasts before because it just allows the conversation to flow so much easier. And sometimes people are afraid to say the wrong thing, so they don't say anything. But I've been blessed to have such great guests so far, and you've been another one of them. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, before you go, definitely let everybody know where we can find you on social media and let them know about that visual. Go check out that visual, y'all, because. She got her own theme song <laughs> on her latest business. She just dropped. Like, it's so funny. I was just talking about how I wanted, I want to, um, a, a, you know, a cute visual, just something quick, but cute. Um, but I want it well executed because yours is fly. Like, and I, and sometimes I have all these behind the scenes pictures of me and, you know, they cool. I'm pinning a model skirt or something, but I'm making all these crazy faces. Yours was so like, 
flawless and just effortless. I loved oh, it. Thank you. So definitely let them know. <laughs> definitely let them know where they can find you. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to stay connected to me, everything that I have going on, and just follow my journey. You can follow me on Instagram at I I am. So that's I A M Bria B R I A Charlize C H A R L I S E, and it's I am Bria Charlize, um, and that's on Instagram. So, yes, like, hopefully, you know, we can collaborate soon. I know you're on the East yes, Coast. Yes, girl. I don't know if you've ever been to the South, but you need to come get some of this Southern hospitality, baby, because this is where it's at. Okay? Girl, <laughs> girl, we're going to work something out. We're going to work something out, definitely, because your energy is everything. Um, it was great talking to you today. Yes, likewise. Hey, guys, and thanks so much for listening to another episode of Style with Shara. I just wanted to come on here and just say really quickly, this was definitely like hands down one of my favorite interviews I've ever done so far, just because of how real and transparent Bria was. And I definitely just wanted to kick off Black History Month with an episode celebrating my fellow Black women in fashion, you know, who just like myself, we sacrifice so much behind the scenes, you know, to even be able to get in some of the spaces within fashion and um, have some of the opportunities that we've had. Um, as Black women, we we really do actually live that concept of just having to be twice as good, you know, to even be considered for some of the positions that we take on. And, you know, that extends, of course, beyond the fashion industry. So I, I just was so personally grateful for Bria just coming on and taking the time to just be 100% honest about the things that we go through and the financial struggles, the mindsets that we have to adopt in order to even be able to maintain, like even before we even get to thriving, just to enter into the world of fashion or entrepreneurship. So if you're an aspiring stylist or fashion creative, or even just beyond those realms, because a lot of what we talked about in this episode just affects us all just as human beings. Um, And I think that's what I loved about it so much. But I definitely hope you guys got something out of this. Bria is so easy to talk to y'all and just her energy is just everything. Um, She just tell it how it is. And I just, I love that about her. Um, And just how she interacts with people is just everything. So I was definitely so honored, like I said, to have her as a guest, to share her expertise and her experiences. I definitely have more interviews coming your way very soon. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And while you at it, go ahead and rate and review. Let me know what you think so far. And I will talk to you guys soon.